Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. We'll do it live. Okay. Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show, the show that happens to talk about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast, and I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you. If you want to get in touch with the show this evening, it's a phone call, 216-220-0966. If you would rather forego the phone calling and go email route, this is how you get in touch with me that way. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Thank you very much, David Lee. And if you want to find out about anything that has to do with the show other than the information that I just told you, hit the website. The BBQ Central Show.com and see what's happening. And talking about what's happening, here's what's happening on the show. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it is the third Tuesday of the month. And that, of course, means bringing a visit from the most, I guess, the most prolific barbecue and grilling live fire author we have ever seen in our lifetime. Millions upon millions of copies sold. Tens of millions, dare I say hundreds of millions of copies sold. He is also a cooking class instructor. He is also a TV show host. He is also a barbecue hall of famer. Stephen Reichlin will be joining us. We're going to be talking about a myriad of topics. It's not kind of the standard fare. Certainly we'll get some updates as he is starting his book tour in support of Project Fire, I believe tomorrow in Coral Gables or somewhere along that area in Florida. And uh, we will talk to him a little bit about that and some of the upcoming tour stops in case you're going to be in his general area and you want to stop by, grab a copy of that book, get a picture, get an autograph, talk some shop with Steve. That would be great. Then after Steven, we will be talking with also third Tuesday of the month regular guest as he is becoming one of the co-founders of the Steak Cook-Off Association. Brett Galloway will be joining me. SEA continues to grow leaps and bounds, continuing to have Great ambassadors, great competitors who love to spread word of mouth. So we'll be talking to Brett about some of the highlighted contests that have taken place since the last time we visited with him last month. And we'll also take a look ahead at some of those key events that will be taking place over the next handful of weeks before we meet with him again in June. Also, I got a lot of email asking about World Food Championship tie-in. Can we recover that? entry fees, how you qualify, how you get registered, what's it all 
entailing in regards to payout and how does it differ from the stay cook-off association at World Food Championships? And then if you are a stay cook that makes it into that final 10, will there be different judging, all that stuff? So Brett will be available 35 past the hour to go over all of that. Then we'll move into the second hour. And by the way, one, maybe it's the first major of the year coming up as it relates to barbecue and grilling, specifically barbecue and ultra specifically Memphis, right? This weekend and people are starting to load in maybe today, certainly beginning tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's going to be a mega event if you've never been there like me. It's certainly a bucket list item as it relates to some competition barbecue stuff. But the Memphis in May 2018 rendition will be coming off this coming weekend and helping me hype it up and talking about her chances of nabbing perhaps a third overall grand championship and, believe it or not, a sixth world title in whole hog. None other than Melissa Cookston from Yazoo's Delta Q, also a co-owner of Memphis Barbecue Company, Steak by Melissa. A lot of great stuff going on with her. Been a minute since we have caught up and talked about uh, pretty much all things that relate to barbecue. A number of my conversations, uh, conversations, conversations have focused around competition with Melissa in the past, so certainly we're going to do that. We're going to be talking about the Barbecue Central Show Karma because, believe it or not, this segment with Melissa was booked a year in advance. She might be, if not the biggest, one of the biggest proponents of the show Karma and loves to get all of the good vibes and the juju and all that other stuff headed her way as she gets to those big events that they take part in. And certainly she wanted to make a stop in here, wanted to make sure that her spot wasn't going to get taken. So 12 months ago, we booked this date. And here it is. So we'll catch up with Melissa, see what she's up to, and most importantly, talk about her chances of nabbing that third overall world title at this weekend's Memphis in May. So there you have it. Melissa Cookson in the second hour, Britt Galloway and Stephen Reichland in your first hour. If you are podcasting right now, please go ahead and hit pause. Go ahead and give me a rate and review. Certainly five stars would be great, but whatever you think is fitting, I am more than happy to take that. Go to your iOS, go to your Android device, and rate and review the show. Not only does that give me some kind of feedback, but it also promotes visibility in your particular platform that might help others discover the show because that's what we want to do. Impress and promote the good word of barbecue and grilling, no matter how that happens. So give me a rate, give me a review. Would certainly appreciate, uh, certainly would appreciate that. Also. I wanted to get this piece of housekeeping out of the way. Handful of weeks ago, I believe it was middle of March, I had a cache of freshly mended Barbecue Central Show t-shirts like the one you see I'm wearing right now if you're watching on the video feed. And we're pretty much sold out of everything at this point. We have a very limited number of medium shirts. That's adult mediums. So if you're not a big old fat ass and you're kind of a normal-sized human and you felt left out, Somehow, I actually did order medium shirts. They run a little big, super soft, tri-blend material, so they're going to last a long time. They're not going to wear out as you wash them. So I got some medium shirts at 24 bucks. plus that includes priority shipping. It's not an addition. And then, of course, I do have the uh, 4XL. 
$27 shirt. That includes priority mail shipping as well. And again, very limited numbers of both. And once we're done with those, we'll be done with those for a while. Quickly, I've realized that t-shirts are really good as far as getting the brand out there, but that's about it, if you know what I mean. So if you're interested, if you know somebody that's a medium adult shirt size, go ahead and hit up the website under the product section. I believe I've corrected it properly to only have medium and 4XL shirts available at this point. Now, if you want to go to amazon.com, like through my link on the top of the website, and then in the search bar, put the BBQ Central Show. There's other shirts there on Amazon that you have access to. You have a similarly themed logo on a high-quality T-shirt there through Amazon. That takes up more of the shirt. I got to kind of adjust that down. So if you're into like the big, big logo taking over the whole kind of shirt, that might be one that you're interested. Also, the one that my cousin Scott made that's got that red and white kind of font in there. Certainly unique and way different from the official show cert, but uh, if you're into that kind of thing. And then, of course, the 2018 horse meat t-shirt, which is selling like hotcakes on Amazon. Supplies I haven't been contacted to say, hey, what's with the horse meat shirt? How come that's selling better than the rest of your shirts? I don't know. Because horse meat 2018 is still a real thing, just like it was in 2017. That's why Amazon regards your humble host. Hey, maybe you're new to the show and you don't know what the rules are of the show. Let me help you out. Rule number one, no names, please. No names. Rule number two and one to live by, don't get hooked. Don't get hooked. Rule number three, if it's free, it's me. Damn right. Three might be the most important rule of them all. Rule number four, if the meat is good, something good is going to happen. That's right. And to round out the first five rules of the show, don't snappy snap on the Snapchat. Now that is a rule to live by. But please, no names, please, and do not get hooked. Kind of the the real ones you can apply to all day, everyday life. It's free, it's me, I guess, too. I don't know if you're down with the Snapchat or not. Don't snappy snap on the Snapchat. Kinger's in. What's up, Kinger? If time allows, Kinger forwarded me that gold wing, 24-karat gold laced wings that I talked about last week. I have a video of that. We may or may not get to that in the second hour. Before we get to Stephen Reichland, I want to talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru. They always believe that outdoor cooking should be easy. You know why? Because it can be, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. That means smarter control and greater freedom with automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature and let the monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill and you can serve the tastiest, juiciest of meals each and every time. You call them 800-288-GURU, that's 800-288-GURU, or you visit them online at bbqguru.com. If you have any questions, don't guess, call them and ask 
They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Now, in regards to this Monolith Guru Edition grill, if you already have a Barbecue Guru controller, you don't have to buy a new controller with this Monolith grill. Just hook up the controller right to the power drive fan. You're off and running. Super simple. Don't forget the rib ring, too. It's 50 bucks. You can triple the capacity of most ceramic cookers, large and extra large. It also fits in my Lang 36, so if you have a decent-sized offset cooker and you want to increase your rib capacity there, it could work. Also, I could probably get two rib rings, so I'm going to have to do the quick math on that this coming weekend if I have the time. But in any event, if you want the monolith, if you want new power draft controllers, if you want the grill that has the control fan built in, you go to bbqguru.com or you call 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Stephen Reichland, out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils. All of the Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyard. To be the pit master of your neighborhood or the king of your cul-de-sac, all you have to do is head on over to ButcherBBQ.com and stock up now. Always trust your butcher. My first guest this evening can be seen here the third Tuesday of each and every month. Uh-oh. Now I got to go back and check. Crap. See... Try and get ahead of things, and let's see. That's the one right there. All right. Let me get back to my open then. Uh, can be found here on the third Tuesday of this month, a 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee, a TV show host, a barbecue cooking class instructor. Of course, one of the most prolific live fire cooking authors you will ever find here on this wide-ranging earth of ours. And the new author of Project Fire... Let's go ahead and uh, race to the hotline and welcome back Stephen Reichland to the show. Please leave your name, number, and a times right. I can reach you, and I'll call you back as soon as I can. Thank All you. Right. Now, now, Stephen. If somebody... Rule number one of the show is now instituted, but somebody, no names please, could have jinxed me. Somebody could have jinxed me about three or four hours ago. I would hate that to be the case. Now I got to let the phone ring. That's so unprofessional. I hate that. Hopefully calling back shows. Hey, remember our conversation? I'll have to give him the call. Hey, Steven, this is Greg. Good. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Are we all right? We are on tonight. Just give me one minute. I got to find a quiet place. (laughs) Hang on. All right. You're not at the dog races, are you? I am right here. <laughs> I am uh, 
sorry. Okay, good. I'm in a great place right now. All right, Stephen Reichland's here, as always, third Tuesday of the month. BarbecueBible.com, uh, certainly his website if you want to check that out here while we're talking. Uh, Stephen, the uh, the book Project Fire and the tour kicks off, if I'm not mistaken, tomorrow, Coral Gables, and you'll be traveling around to various locations across the country to promote and sign that book. And we've talked about book writing with you before on this show. We've kind of pulled back that curtain. But out of all of the books that you have done, is there one that stands out to you as being the most difficult to write? Certainly, you're somebody that likes to put pen to paper and, and pound these things out, but have have one of them been more of a labor than love? I would say they all labors love, but I would say I mean Planet Barbecue was definitely the hardest one to write, and it was the hardest one to write because you know involved travel to sixty countries was wonderful, but logistics were uh, complicated. It was a big book; it was almost hundred page book. Uh, you know, there were multiple lines. Hey, Stephen, can I, Stephen, let me interrupt just for one second. Can I try calling you back? The signal's a little jumbled here. Of course, yeah. All right, great. hold on one sec. I will try again. You, you know, if I can't understand 90% of the phone call, I'm going to try again. Oh, yeah. Hopefully he's licking his finger and sticking it out the window for good reception, too. Let's see what happens this time. Otherwise, it's off. It's over, Johnny. Hi, Greg. Is that hey. better? Yes, sounds good. Thank you. Okay, good. All right. Well, anyway, I was talking about you know Planet Barbecue. You asked me the hardest book to write, and it was just it was uh, it was uh, endurance. It was physically grueling. It was uh, it was a lot of material to cover and keep straight. Uh, but you know, when I look back on the books I've written, it's also the book you know in a funny way I'm most proud of, and that uh, had the deepest meaning for me. So. Uh, uh, sometimes you just uh, the books that that take the most out of you bring you the most reward. When you're writing a, a book like that, which I guess could widely be considered some type of a, a fairly decent reference material, do you feel a certain pressure or a certain weight on your shoulders as you're constructing this, or are you just going oh. through and saying, "Hey, this is what I'm experiencing now. I'm just going to replicate this into book form and and read what I found." Oh no, I mean I. Uh, I feel certainly like uh, every time you go to write, you're looking at a blank page and, you know, you wonder, will I be able to pull this off, find interesting things to say? Uh, yeah, I think, I, you know, I mean, you, I have learned over the years uh, various, I mean, I know I can write a book now. Uh, I know what's involved, but you know, there's an, always an element. Am I going to be able to t- tell the story in a fresh way, in a way I want, uh, get the message across? And that remains as challenging now as it did 20 years ago. Stephen Reichlin on the show. Stephen, while you're out on the road here over the next you know, handful of months and, and so forth, supporting the new book, Project Fire, uh, undoubtedly you'll probably have some downtime. That might involve some TV. Are there programs that you go out of your way to watch, for instance, I'm kind of a big fan of that current Anthony Bourdain series, Parts Unknown. Do you watch that show or are there other shows that you kind of search out in downtime? Um, you know, it's funny. I do watch Bourdain. I think, I think his shows are terrific and I love uh, Parts Unknown. Um, but in general, making TV, and this year, you know, between the Italian show and the new Project Fire show, I, you know, I spent a lot of time on the set and in the studio. 
Um, uh, kind of in my off time, I like to do something totally different. Uh, I, you know, I, I love literature and fiction. I read, I love, uh, biking. I mean, I love, uh, I love movies, but my movies don't tend to be about my work. They tend to be about something else. Are you a fairly physically fit, physically active guy? I think from a very poor stereotypical sense, if you're lumped into this barbecue and grilling culture like we all are, there can be a tendency to attach, you know, overeating, fat dudes, unhealthy lifestyles, all that stuff. Are you kind of the opposite of that? I think I'm the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, you know, in a normal life, uh, I, uh, every morning between six and 7 a.m. a.m. I do a, you know, five mile bike ride. Uh, I try and eat healthily, uh, it's a little harder when you're on book tour. I mean, I, you know, I did, it was a Starbucks oatmeal for breakfast and a pulled pork sandwich for dinner tonight. <laughs> but, uh, in general, I'd say my diet is, um, you know, my diet's pretty healthy. All right. So Memorial day will be here before we know it. And along with that brings the start of the new project fire TV show that we've been talking about the last couple of months, kind of building into that. Let's dig into that just for one second. What's the worst equipment failure you and your crew have had maneuvering through while filming on this episode? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we had one grill <laughs> that, uh, by a little freak of, uh, assembly at the factory had some wires reversed, <laughs> you know, industrial accident would have happened to anybody. <laughs> and, it was going into a weekend. We couldn't get a technician. We couldn't get it working. But I think the biggest challenge this year is not a piece of equipment. It was the weather. It was bitterly, bitterly cold mm. when we taped. I think probably 10 to 15 degrees colder than normal. And if you watch me on the show, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a long sleeve shirt. You know, I'm in a light sweater. I'm trying to look like it's summertime because that's when the show airs. If, on the other hand, when you see the behind the scenes, you'll see all of our staff, they're in parkas, they got wool hats. You know, we have our morning meeting and you can see the breath condensing. And, uh, and that was really the toughest, uh, that was the toughest part of the show. And I remember last night we went late, we went till uh, midnight, you know, 1230 in the morning. It was maybe in the, it was in the 20s. We were all outdoors. It was night trying to do this. That was really tough. Steven, you're a Barbecue Hall of Famer 2015 inductee, as I kind of mentioned at the top every third Tuesday when we have you on. A couple weeks ago, I had had uh, another Barbecue Hall of Famer by the name of uh, Ray Lampy. We were talking about uh, the, the upcoming ceremony, and you know, I always love to kind of go back and forth with him on a, on a few things. And then uh, I don't know exactly who I got it from, but I, I got a list of the, I guess it would be the final list of nominees that could so out of a list i believe of eight there would be three yep. of those people that'll end up getting picked to go in to be the class of 2018 this year and uh yep. so i had forwarded you that list the likes of a tootsie tominance of snows tuffy stone jamie gear columbus hill karen putman rodney scott cb stubblefield helen turner charlie virgos do any of those names stand i mean certainly and i've have to admit, last week I didn't know who four of them were. I've since done my due diligence mm -hmm. and kind of realized who they are at this point. But do any of those list participants stand out from a like a top three standpoint? Ones that you 
would say, yeah, these three should be going in this year for no other reason than that's what you think? Um, they all stand out. They're all worthy in their own ways. If I were, uh, if I were to pick, I probably would pick to- Tootsie mm-hmm. if for no other reason that, you know, Tootsie's in her eighties now and many of the other people are younger and have, you know, you know, have their whole lifetimes to, uh, to make it. But it's, uh, I, I would not want to be in that position to judge because everybody is so immensely qualified. Do you have any idea how that whole judging process goes down by chance or like when you made it in in 2015, they just alerted you to say, Hey, you know, you were a finalist and uh, ultimately you got picked and Oh, by the way, show up at the American Royal and, and get your, the ceremony and get your, uh, your uh, rib rack and all that other stuff. I imagine it's done by, uh, by ballot. Uh, and I wasn't notified that I was a finalist. I just was notified that I had been, I was an inductee. <laughs> And I remember the announcement came on this little, little sort of suede, uh, you know, like a little, almost a suede scroll. That was a very exciting moment for me. Stephen, a few different times during our conversations, we've touched on that subject of dry aged beef. And for whatever reason, you know, certainly I know about it. As I've said, we've talked about it a little bit. I've talked with some other guests here and there, but. Maybe I missed the trend that 2018 was going to be an uptick in the interest of dry aging beef at home just by the, the, the normal backyard warriors. Are you seeing that more and more as a trend in the backyard? Boy, am I ever. It's yeah. a super big trend. And what's interesting, uh, that remains, that's consistently one of our most visited blogs, even though we, you know, we wrote it a year and a half ago. Uh, people are very interested in it. Um, uh, you know, I think that first of all, aging meat does dramatically change and improve its flavor dramatically. And in the past uh, three months, you know, the new one of the new things about Project Fire is that in addition to the uh, studio or the outdoor field kitchen work, we went on the road and we visited uh, a half a dozen restaurants and chefs who are the people that I take my inspiration from. One of them is Curtis Stone, who owns a restaurant called Gwen in L.A., and he did two rib steaks for a side-by-side. He did a Wagyu beef from uh, Australia, and he did an 80-day-aged Angus beef. Wow. Uh, and the flavors were absolutely extraordinary in both, but guess which one I preferred? I'm guessing the first one. The Wagyu. Yeah. Yeah, wow. the Wagyu. That was that was like, man, here in the heavens open and the angels sing Hosanna. <laughs> uh, but if you take a regular supermarket steak and then you get a, a steak that's been aged, uh, you know, 30 days, 40 days, um, and it has to be dry aging. I mean, that's important. Cryovac doesn't do it. You actually have to have that evaporation. You have to have the crusting on the outside. You have to have the uh, enzyme activity. It's sort of like in that moment in The Wizard of Oz that goes from uh, black and white to technicolor. I talked with Meathead Goldwyn last week from Amazing Ribs um, at MBBQA. I had also had an in-person sit-down with Jess Pryles, who had done a 3,500 word on dry aging uh, or a document mm-hmm. on dry aging. And they both kind of echoed the same sentiments, and I, I wanted to get your take on it too. They said that certainly there's a tenderness increase if you're doing it into that 28 to 30 day mark, but after that 30 day mark, you have to 
somehow become a custom or know that you want to like the flavor profiles that are going to change after 30 days. How do you compare what a normal steak would taste like versus one that maybe has been aged out 40, 45, or 50 days in a dry aging atmosphere? Yeah. Well, you start to get, you know, it starts to get like old, old cheese, you know, those kind of rich umami flavors to cast them charitably, uh, a certain funkiness, you know, you get a certain funkiness with the, the hyper age beef. Um, it's not necessarily a taste that, uh, I, I think modern tastes are geared to like things young, you know, our wines now are, drunk much younger than they would have been 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, our cheeses tend to be eaten much younger than they would have been. And I think the same is true with steak. You know, when I was in cooking school in Paris, uh, in come game season, they had a process called saison day to pheasant, which means you hung game sometimes until it literally got so rank it, 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 it kind of fell off the hook. You were hanging it on. And, that was a flavor profile that a hundred years ago people really cherished and prized. And I think today you taste it and you you'd say it's disgusting. Do you have a different cooking method when you do uh, a steak that's been dry aged out 40, 50, 60, 70 days, or is it the same way, whether you're buying it from the supermarket today or. No, I know, you know, I know you were going to ask me that. And that's a really good question. Personally, what I would say is that I, tend to use a slightly milder heat for those. The, the more aged the steak, the gentler the heat. So I'm not necessarily using a screaming hot fire. It's, you know, it's a maybe medium hot fire. Stephen, on your blog, you talk about the grass-fed beef one-pound challenge. What is that? Yeah. So this is something that was come up with uh, by Strauss uh, Foods, Strauss Meats, purveyors of uh, premier purveyors of grass-fed. And in a nutshell, what they are challenging us to do is replace one pound of the meat that we eat each week with grass-fed beef. Now, the argument goes that, you know, grass-fed, first of all, all, uh, if it's done right, it's extremely flavorful. But it's also much healthier for the planet. In order to grain feed, you waste more energy, you waste more water. Uh, the cattle aren't as healthy. They also need to be treated with uh, antibiotics. Uh, the whole grain-fed uh, cattle raising thing is associated with an industrial process for raising meat that's really pretty unappetizing. So uh, this initiative is to get you to introduce at least some grass-fed meat into your diet. And even if it's just a pound a week, that has... If everybody in the United States did it, that would have an enormous impact on, our, on the environment in a positive way. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show. Uh, so no grain whatsoever can't be grass-fed up until a certain point and then finished on grain? Well, you know, if you were to be pure, it's pure grass-fed all the way through. And one thing about the uh, Strauss brothers that's, that are, is really good is they, you know, not all grass-fed beef is uh, equal. And a lot of grass-fed beef I've tasted by inexperienced people raising it, you know, you completely understand why people switch to, switch to grain-fed. It's very lean, it's very dry, it's just not very luscious. But the Strauss have really figured out how to do it, and they've taught their farmers how to do it. So it's really quite remarkable. 
Um, you know, I'm sort of an omnivore, and you probably know from my writing and from my uh, blogs that I like trying a million different ways to do things, and I'm always changing things up. Uh, uh, you're not going to find me finding one method and saying this is the only method you should use. It's even if something as simple as cooking a steak in the space of a year, you know, I might give you I might give you eight different methods for cooking a steak. You know, everything from reverse searing to cavemanning. That's just what makes life interesting for me. And so it is with meat. You know, I know at home we try and eat grass-fed whenever we can. We only eat wild seafood. We only eat organic uh, produce and uh, organic chickens. Uh, we don't eat much pork at home, but uh, when we do, it's, you know, we try and eat uh, heirloom and heritage varieties. You know, I, I just, I've always believed that how your food is raised matters as much as how you grill it. And the uh, tour stop tomorrow is Coral Gables, correct? It's actually, yeah, it's Books and Books in Miami. It's uh, kind of a hometown book signing for me. Uh, I'll be uh, driving in in the morning. I'm in Fort Myers right now, and then I'll be driving, uh, going to be flying out the next morning to Austin. All right, so uh, Miami tomorrow, Austin after that, and on the third Tuesday of the month, you can find them right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Hey, great talking to you. Thanks. You always do a great job, Greg. Thank Thank you, Stephen. There he is. Ready for book tour. Right there. Ready to go. All guests are here via the Traeger Grills hotline. Nothing better than get props from Stephen Reichlin on doing a good job on the interview. If you're not in the YouTube section you're missing out on the running conversation about plant-based burgers i've had the impossible burger and i think they're pretty freaking good for not being meat i might get into that more in the second hour hey Southside market and barbecue attention anyone who loves sausage and barbecue which is probably everybody who listens to this show so here's what you need to know. They're established in 1882. Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They're famous for the original beef sausage. Now, you might be going, what? Beef sausage? I thought sausage had pork in it. They got a coarse ground beef sausage in a natural pork casing. Plus, they have authentic Central Texas barbecue like briskets and ribs, all that stuff. All meats, including the prime brisket, slow-smoked, for many hours over real Texas post-oak wood. They have nationwide shipping via the online store, southsidemarket.com. They ship fresh and smoked sausage nationwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note, multiple, mm -hmm, and mail multiple addresses without any additional charges. That means you can set up a whole bunch of different deliveries and not get tagged each and every time with additional charges. All shipped items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. Shipped with dry ice to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. All meats processed in the online or on-site USDA inspected facility. On-site meat markets for fresh and smoked products. Custom orders welcome. They got two restaurants for you to check out. The original one, Elgin, Texas, since 1882, and then Bastrop in 2014. Check them both out. Compare contrast. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states, probably like Oklahoma. Here's the biggest deal of them all. 10% off coupon by using the code BBQCENTRAL, all one word, lowercase. When you visit southsidemarket.com, put in your order. 
and it's good for anything. 10% off your entire online order with code BBQ Central. Memorial Day is coming. If you're looking for something new, a little outside of the box, if you're not from Central Texas, the beef sausage is the way to go. It's so good. It's not lobster sausage, but it is beef sausage. Really good. Check it out. All right, we're back with State Cookoff Association chatter, gavetching, rumors, all that stuff. Stick around, be right back. Ready to get on the air? Call 216-220-0966. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James and Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. Don't forget, these will not void any warranties, so don't fall for any of that crap. CookinPellets.com, producing some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Cooking Pellets, C-O-O-K-I-N, CookinPellets.com. The third Tuesday of the month brings a visit from one of the co-founders of the State Cook-Off Association. What happened since the last visit? What's happening over the next few weeks? All questions shall be revealed in this segment as we race the Traeger Grills hotline. And welcome back, Brett Galloway, to the show. Brett, how are you, buddy? Doing good. How are you doing, buddy? Absolutely fabulous, Brett. Always appreciate you making time for the show. So let's go ahead and start right at the top five. Uh, certainly there's standings that us competitive people love to track week in, week out, month <laughs> in, month out. So uh, what is the top five of the SCA look at or look like right now? Well, we got Kendall Adairs in first place. He's up at 12 points. He's already got 84 this season, which is he's off to a great start. He might get last year. They set a record with, I think it's 207 points. Wow. So this guy's got a shot. Uh, second place is Robert Perkins with 72. And then the guy that uh, everyone here is coming, Johnny Joseph. He's the three-time points champion. He's got 63. But he wasn't on the list about a month ago and has crept up to third already. Hmm. He's on a bit of a roll. And then Casey Jones is in fourth out of Florida. And Chuck Edwards out of Louisiana is in fifth. So there's man, uh, it's it's starting to be a tight race already, and it's all we still got months to go. What what kind of a point separator is between one and five right now? One and five, uh, actually, it's thirty points, but that's three events. If you Chuck has cooked probably five less events than the first Kendall has. Hmm. So Kendall's very consistent, though. It's hard to knock him down. What's the max score that you can get at a competition? You can get 11 points. 11 points? Mm-hmm. All right. It's 10 for first plus one for the, uh, well, one attendance one. So it's 11 points total. And so everybody that shows up gets one attendance point. Yeah. That's your participation award. There you go. There's your certificate, everybody. Then, the then you got to go. Puppy we give out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> then you got to go out and actually win and show that you're the better cook. Yeah. Let That's me ask it. you this before we dive into some of the stuff that we were corresponding about over the course of the week. Is anyone cooking okay. on a on a pellet cooker that you know of? And if so, is there any success that you are seeing at this point? Yeah, there's guys cooking on pellet cookers. Um, 
we've had a third place I know on a pellet cooker. Uh, I believe the gentleman said he won on a on a rec tech, but I I haven't verified that yet. It was a I I did a little poll and he posted on there, so I need to contact him and find out. But that would be our first winner on a pellet grill. Do you think that there is a future for pellet grills in the state cookoff association or eventually or uh, ultimately are you going to need to have that you know six seven eight hundred degrees at the grill grate in order to really stand out and be competitive well i haven't tried all the pellet grills out there but i know the new Rectech bullseye that thing gets hot i've actually cooked steaks on it and got a great char on it so the, the one that looks like a kettle yeah it looks like a yeah. kettle uh it's a pellet cooker it gets probably 600, 650. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, I, I heard uh, that Justin Margus can throw that 50 feet in the air. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Don't worry about it. Um, let's go ahead and play a Spotlight in the Past, Spotlight in the Future. So uh, since the last time that we met, obviously there's been a number of SCA events. Uh, are there two or three that stick out as kind of being those highlights of events? Well, I, I think some of the upcoming events are pretty big. I mean, we were just in Australia. I mean, that was big. Um, there's been a lot of great ones, but, you know, there's some coming up. We're going to be in the Chicago area for the first time mm-hmm. in uh, May 25th at Red, White, and Blue Barbecue. That one's going to be good. Arizona's got their first one in Tempe on, uh, what is that, June 2nd? Mm-hmm. And then June 2nd, PK Grills is having one. They usually draw 80 to 90 teams in Little Rock. And uh, they've always required you to cook on a PK in the past. Uh, this year, they say they'll take on any grill. So uh, I think it's going to be a great event right down by the river there. Is that where they're home based out of? Is PKs out of Little Rock? Yeah, they're based out of Little Rock. And, uh, you know, they're close. They put on a great event. They give away some nice prizes. And it's a good one. So in the past, if they had required you to cook on a PK grill, were they also offering grills for people that didn't have one to show up and cook on a PK grill? Yeah, they'd do that. They had some grills mm-hmm. waiting in case, or, you know, if a guy would contact us, I'd say, all right, I got, I got a grill for you. And they would allow you to cook on one. I bet. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to put, ahead. I'm going to guess here, but I mean, what did, wouldn't that seem from, I'm always thinking like the marketing guy, cause I'm sales guy by profession. Sure. So if, you know, let's say Brett Galloway wanted to cook in that PK grill cook-off, but he doesn't have a PK grill, and they say, hey, you know, no problem. Come on down, Brad. We'll send you up with one, blah, blah, blah. You cook on it. You see how great that thing's, and all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, if you want to take that thing home, I'll give you the one-time <laughs> SCAU stay cook-off uh, discount, and then, you know, you're walking. I bet they, is that, do you know if they do something like that, a, a one-time use or a, oh. a, a lightly used discount? Yeah, slightly used, yes. Yeah, yeah it was great marketing oh. on Scott's behalf. No doubt. Um, that That actually has happened, and um, you know, once the guys try them, they like the heat on them. They get darn, they hold the heat, and uh, popular grill for sure. Last month, I was asking you about any Michigan updates as far as state cookoffs are <laughs> concerned. Are, are there any other Michigan things going on? And again, it pains me to ask about anything that has to do with Michigan being an Ohio guy, <laughs> of course. But I like to cater to the fan of the Barbecue Central show. So anything that uh, has changed in the last four weeks from a Michigan standpoint? Not Nothing has changed, unfortunately. I'm, uh, I'll be at Memphis at May this weekend, and I will make a call next week, see if I can't get that set up 
with that person. And if I can, I will let you know so you can let them know on the air next week. All right. Uh, Memphis in May, obviously that's a huge barbecue event. You have whole hog, you have mm-hmm. shoulder, you have ribs, you have some people that are going for their sixth overall world grand championship. Some are looking for number five. Some are looking for number three. Some are looking for just one, perhaps. What are you guys doing there? Are you just going to be kind of paling and chumming around? Is there going to be a state cook-off association event there? Well, uh, there's not an event there, but a lot of our teams are competing there, and I'm actually going to compete. And I had, I'm going to compete with Boar's Night Out. They oh. invited me to cook the uh, beef category with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to cook beef, exotic, and seafood, and uh, just you know have fun cooking. And then we've got a couple marketing opportunities that. Um, have arisen, so we're going to uh, meet with those people there as well. It's going to be a great time. Is there a lot of great networking opportunities if you're not a cook team or going to compete, but you're in the business? Is it worthwhile to get down there and see who's there you could be able to connect with from a business standpoint? Absolutely. I mean, but I don't know if necessarily the KCBS teams from the north, but you know, far as southern goes, and there's guys, every big name you can think of in the cooking world is there. And what I learned last year, it's not, you know, there are some big parties. There are double-decker parties. There's all sorts of stuff. And, you know, the first day we hung out with different people and really didn't make a lot of those contacts. And then the next day, it seemed like we hung out with the right people and uh, made some great contacts. And, um, you know, we've been invited some neat things this year there. So we're, we're really excited. And anyone, it's it's kind of like MVBQA a little bit where, you can really meet a lot of great people. It's worth going just to meet people. Brett, let's talk a little bit about future growth plans for the State Cook-Off Association. What are you guys looking to do, and what's the process? Okay. Um, we didn't expect to go from 115 to over 200 where we're at now. We just <laughs> I thought it might level out a bit, and we did a lot of training, but we're going to have to continue that for next year, not knowing what it's going to bring. I'm already adding new events that we didn't have last year. And so really it's just for us, it's going to just be prepared for whatever comes. And we're going to try to control the growth a bit in certain areas. If it does come more, just so we're not over saturating areas. That's a big focus for next year. Do you have a map up in the home office down there of, the saturated areas and then the growth areas. And then in regards to the growth areas, are you making calls or trying to get in touch with people that would put those on in order to try and get more SEA events to those places? Well, honestly, they're the, they're calling us at the moment mm. for these new events. And so I, mean, I just, we just added, I think there may be five now in the mid Atlantic area. And we're talking with some people there about more in that region. It just seems once we have one, it, it takes off. And so like I seeded two in California this year, we had one last year and I put two out there and I'm hoping that'll help us grow that. It's a different market. Um, you know, they do a great job out there. I'm hoping we can grow in that area too. But at the top of the show, I had talked about getting a number of emails over the last time that we had talked, asking about world food championship tie in again. Uh, that's November 7th mm-hmm. and 8th. So let's, if we can just revisit that in a number of different sectors. Uh, first thing, how you qualify, and uh, maybe we can kind of build in from there. Kind of go from there. Yep. Okay. Uh, to qualify for the event, you need to either win an SCA event, any of our sanctioned events, or 
achieved 20 points in our points chase. Last year, 20 was kind of the bottom end of our qualifier to get in um, to our championship. So that was a number that we chose at that point. I think this year it's going to be much higher, but if they can get 20 FCA points, they'll qualify for World Food. You know, last year he had 30, I want to say it was 34 teams competed. Mm-hmm. I checked the website early this morning and we had 38 already signed up. Oh, wow. So we've got room for, I think it's 120 teams, 60 on each day. Or we have 60 spaces each day. So it's going to be a much bigger event this year for, you know, the state category. What's the entry fee? Uh, it's $300. It's the same for every category at World Food. Okay. Um, and, uh, that's a, so if you get registered, you, you could technically qualify, but if you're also not taking the onus on your team or yourself to get registered for World Food Championships, you have the potential of being left out. Correctly. Yeah. Once you qualify, the onus is on you to make sure you've uh, filled everything out and signed up and just signing up, you need to pay, you know, you can't just sign up to hold a space because they're going to sell out. There's no doubt. Um, I'm, very confident of that. What's neat, you know, a lot of the, our guys are used to competing in our system um, rather than competing in the kitchen. Um, they're, you know, used to cooking a steak, not used to cooking a steak Oscar with sides. Mm-hmm. Um, our guys can do that, but that's not their weekend, you know, not what they do in competition regularly. So um, they're going to have a chance. We're going to give the first day, we're going to pay top 10 on both Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm front for that event and then the top five each day are going to move into the uh, world foods kitchen arena and cook under the eat methodology judge system which is their their judging program so you'll have one day of 60 a second day of 60 and then a top five out of the first top five out of second move into that top 10 in the state category yes sir that's correct and then those first two days are sca judged events so do you think that there is a potential snag for them so now you know they're cooking for the the sca rules that they've been accustomed to all year and then all of a sudden they have to switch to eat methodology do you think that there is a disadvantage for them at any point or are they good enough to overcome or they'll just adapt well who won world food championship this year there you go lisa Kowatney. he's an sca member probably competed yeah. in a dozen events last year and We've got some very talented chefs or, you know, cooks, whatever you want to call them. But, you know, I think they can cook anything. It's just this kind of opened the opportunity for more teams to compete and, uh, you know, just a wider playing field. If somebody wants to be an SCA judge, um, how do they become a judge? And then how do they get registered? Are, are there certain time frames they have to meet in order to get signed up for an event? Um, If they want to become a judge, you can go to cookoffs.com which is our website there's a tab for judging we offer judging classes around the country i think there's each of those well we have one in westmont we have one in tempe i just booked one in virginia west virginia so they're spread out around the country so they can catch one near them um we don't quite have as many as kcbs we don't classes but there are probably another 15 the rest of the year scheduled already and once they qual- they're certified, they can sign up for any event, but they need to register 90 days prior to the event is when it opens. That just keeps people from signing up, you know, six, eight months ahead and then forgetting, even though they get three emails. But it, it really, 
you know, 90 days out is when we open them. We'll open the world food judging 90 days out. Um, we'll send, we'll let people know a couple weeks before that to remind them as well. It's Brett Galloway from the Steak Cook-Off Association. As he had mentioned, the website steakcookoffs.com. Get registered to be a judge and go ahead and have some fun or just get out there and compete in an SEA event. And if you win or you finish top 20 or get the the qualifying 20 points in the overall, you have an opportunity to get down to World Food Championships as well. Uh, Brett, always appreciate the time, and we will see you again next month. All right, buddy. Thanks. There There he is, Brett Galloway. From the Steak Cook-Off Association. I mean, hey, how great would that All be? All guests appear via the Traeger Grills hotline. Super exciting. <clears throat> Yummy. A lot of people getting into the Steak Cook-Off Association. It continues to grow each and every month, which is why we're having Brett on, recapping some of the highlighted events that have transpired since our last. Are uh, hitting that top five again, seeing how they're continuing to grow? And with that popularity, I mean, I think it's easy to get caught up into growing quicker than you can really afford and logistically be able to do, which is why he used that hot button term controlled growth, which I think is very smart. And then if you're a World Food Championship fan and you want to take part in that, win an event or accumulate 20 points through the SEA scoring system, and then that registers you as well. And then you can sign up. Remember, just because you qualify doesn't mean you automatically get in. Then once you qualify, you have to register and pay. Otherwise, you'll be left out in the cold saying, hey, I qualify. Nobody wants to hear you crying. Do it right. All right, let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Three different chi- uh, sizes to choose from. You have the Jim Bowie, which is the biggest unit that they currently offer. Multiple racks of ribs. They actually have that secondary cooking rack item so you can increase the capacity of that cooker as well i love cooking chicken wings on it the ribs are great you can do a couple whole packers on there multiple multiple pork butts super easy to use keep it full of pellets dial up the temperature and away you go then you have the medium-sized version called the daniel boone i have one of those as well i have a jim as well you can probably do three four pork butts in the daniel boone if you're going to pan them right off the bat, it might be a little bit different of an operation. So you have to see how that works for you. Uh, definitely two, three racks of ribs for sure. And I'm talking ribs in the St. Louis Spare style. Multiple chicken wings, multiple atomic buffalo turds, you name it. Again, just as easy to use as the Jim Bowie. Keep it full of pellets, dial temperature, and away you go. And then if you're into camping or you like tailgating or you want something that's a little bit more mobile, the Davy Crockett is the unit that you're going to want to take some type of an investment or entrance in. Interest. This one packs up and goes with you wherever you're going to go. If you don't have access to a traditional plug outlet, you can use the 12-volt adapter right in your car or pickup or SUV or whatever you got. And then away you go. Now, here's the best part. You're not going to sacrifice a tremendous amount of capacity for the portability. If you kind of take pork butts and TP them up, you could probably get two or three in there. That could feed up to 100, 125 people, depending on what kind of appetites you are catering for. So you can bring the pellet-fired flavor with you as it relates to the Davy Crockett cooker. The Daniel Boone and the Jim Bowie, by the way, which is the biggest and second biggest items that they offer, also accommodate that pizza oven insert. I just used it two days ago. Made five different pizzas with a whole bunch of different toppings. Everybody made their own in the family. And that's the convenience, the fun, and flexibility 
that you have with that pizza oven insert. Tear the guts out of those cookers, drop the pizza oven insert on top of the firebox, set the temperature on the cooker, and then roughly double it. So if you're 350 degrees on the cooker, you're about 700 degrees on the stone. Adjust from there. Make it however you like. So fun. So incredible. We had such a good time on Sunday night that I, for Mother's Day, made pizzas for Mother's Day, that I immediately got on the text messaging system and shot Jason Baker a message up and said, dude, this pizza oven thing is the best. I love it. Unsolicited praise and thank you to Jason Baker for this incredible item. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Thanks again to Brett Galloway for joining me. Steakcookoffs.com is the website to check results. Top standings, top 10, top 20, or just the full list of standings. You know, I'm always down for like top 5, top 10 because that's the glamour. Anybody that got a score on the Cavs game by chance? I don't have it. I got a lot of email from people going, oh, oh, oh. Cavs asked the bed the other night. Are you worried what team's going to show up and play? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, we've been to the finals like three years in a row or four years in a row, whatever it is. I will get worried in any series when we are at the elimination game for us or a closeout game where we are going to lose. Other than that, I'm not worried. Let's get to the closeout game first for me to worry. By the way, I don't think we were even considered to be able to beat the Indiana Pacers. So just from a Nationals perspective... The Cavs have had a successful season, whether people really want to admit it or not. Nobody gave us a chance this year with that team. We're trying. We're doing hashtag whatever it takes. That's the hashtag this year for the Cavs. All right, again, if you want to take part in a Steak Cookoff Association's event, go to steakcookoffs.com. It's 250 or 300 bucks. Well, it's 300 bucks because it's a World Food Championship. I believe it's 150 or $200 normally. To enter an SCA event. That gets you two steaks. You have to bring your grill, your seasonings, all that stuff. But from a very basic sense, show up one day, cook, leave same day, be home. You could have a thousand dollars for a two hundred and a two hundred dollar entry fee. It's a pretty good return on investment. So we'll see Brett Galloway again in a month's time to see how those great events that he had pimped out actually came about. Also, maybe get a recap of the Memphis and May. We'll see what happens. All right, we are going to be heading to the second hour here, so I'm going to refresh my libation and join you back here on the backside. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back. <laughs> 